0: As-salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhum. Bismillah wa alhamdulillah wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah. Allahumma alimna maa yanfa'una wa anfa'na bima'a alamtana. Tayyib, we've reached the chapter where the Imam Ibn Qadam, rahimahullah ta'ala, he says, Bab Baab Dukul, Makkah, the chapter of entering into Mecca. So he says, Yustahabu an yadkhula makkah ta min It's recommended. For the one who's going to Mecca to do the Umrah and the Hajj, to enter from the highest parts of Mecca, which is known as Al-Hajun, the highest parts of Mecca, recommended. اللَّهِ الله and to enter from the door of Bani Shaiba, which is not there anymore, but in its place, close to it, is Bab salam And as Sheikh Abd Aziz Rajhi, one of the explainers of this book, he said that if you enter through this Bab salam it's as though you're achieving the same objective which is that you will end up being directly in front of the kaaba of the prophet of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in front of the close to the broken um Hajjul and close to the door of the kaaba okay he's saying that's the objective of entering from this Baab, babus salam or Baab Bani shayba which is not there anymore the Imam says Faida al-bayt when you see the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, يديه, you raise your hands. How do you raise your hands? In dua, right? A lot of people they raise their hands in different ways, right? It's only to raise your hands in dua. If it's authentic. And then you make the kibir of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you say La ilaha illallah, and you praise Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala and you make dua. Now, the most authentic dua as we know is the dua that you say for entering into the masjid, any masjid that it may be, and of course, more so to this masjid al haram. Bismillah, was salatu, was salam, ala rasulillah, Allahumma rabbi, iftahli li rahmatik, etc. Okay? Insha'Allah. The Imam he says, Thumma yabtadi'u bi in kana and then the person he proceeds to make the tawaf of umrah, if that's what he is doing, if he's doing umrah. or if he is doing hajj, right? We said there's three types of hajj. The one who does mutamatta'an, we said he does the umrah first, he frees himself from the ihram, and then he will continue with the actions of hajj later on. So these two, whether you go there only for umrah, or whether you're doing hajj mutamatta'an, then both of these two have to do the umrah, as the imam he's mentioning. ثُمَّ الْعُمْرَةِ إِن كَانَ مُعْتَمِرًا طَيِّبْ if the person is doing the other types of Hajj, then he does the Tawaf al-Qudum, which is known as Tawaf al-Qudum. This Tawaf al-Qudum is Sunnah for these two. Okay? The one who is doing the Umrah or who is Mutamatta'an, these two, they have, they are, it's a Rukun for them to do the Tawaf. The other two, the one who is doing Hajj al-Quran and Ifrad, for them to do Tawaf al-Qudum, which means that you do Tawaf upon arrival, it's Sunnah in there in their status. So if the person is extremely tired from traveling, they don't have to do this. They can go ahead, go straight to the hotel and rest and then carry on with the nusuk thereafter. in And the imam he says that when he's wearing his rida, his upper garment, he makes ittiba. Ittiba is that you uncover the right shoulder, okay, by maneuvering your ihram you uncover your right shoulder. And this is done only in the first tawaf. Any other tawaf or any other time after the first tawaf that you're doing, whichever hajj you are doing, you don't uncover your shoulder again. So you find most people, many people, they have their shoulders uncovered, the right shoulder, throughout the whole of the hajj. This is incorrect. It's only for the first, what? The first tawaf, right? ala wasata tahtahu. So, as we said, he maneuvers his ihram so that his right shoulder is basically being exposed. And this is only in the first tawaf. From the shurut of the tawaf, is what do you think? From the conditions of tawaf to be correct? You have to be in a state of tahara, purification, right? What else? Niyah, you have to have the niyah, right? And also, with regards to the tawaf, the Prophet ﷺ forbade people from doing something they used to do before Islam. They used to make tawaf undressed, right? So, here you have to have Sitr al awrah, you have to cover your awrah, okay? So, these three things have to be there the niyah, the purification, and the covering of one's awrah. So, the person he starts from the black stone, that is where you start the tawaf from. If you start from any other place, then your tawaf is not accepted because this is a pillar of the tawaf. So the person, he touches the black stone and he kisses the black stone. If he is able to do so, don't cause trouble tripping people up, wrestling with people, karate kicking them. Don't do these things, don't make an issue. If you can get to the black stone and kiss it or touch it, then that is well and good. If not, then what do you do? You can use something like a stick if you have that, to touch the black stone, right? So there's three situations. The first of them is you get to the black stone, you touch it and you kiss it. The second situation is that you touch it with your hand, you kiss your hand. The third situation is that you can use a stick to touch the black stone, and then you will kiss the stick, okay? If none of that is possible, then all you do is you point towards the black stone. If you cannot get close to it to touch it in any way, shape or form, then you point to the black stone, okay? All of the other corners, of the Ka'bah. uh Rukan al-Yamani for example, if you can touch it, you touch it. But if you cannot touch it, there's no pointing to it, okay? And of course, the shami corners, the other corners, there's no touching or pointing or anything of that nature. طيب وَيَقُولُ بِسْمِ اللَّهِ وَاللَّهُ أكبر. So the person says, Bismillah and he says, Allahu Akbar at the beginning of the tawaf at the hajr al-aswad. And he says, according to our imam, اللَّهُمَّ wa بِكَ وَتَصْدِيقًا bi ahadika so he says this dua and many of the scholars they said it's not authentic so if you were to say it not believing that it's you would say it depending upon whether you believe it's authentic or not right in any case what is authentic is for you to say bismillah and allahu akbar and say that once but if you believe the research of the imam who is an imam of ahla sunnah then you can say this dua. and then the person which way does he make tawaf? So his left shoulder is where the Kaaba is, right? His left shoulder is to the Kaaba. Yeah, not the right. His left shoulder is to the Kaaba. Then he makes seven circumvallations of that. In the first three, like the brother said, in the first three rounds, you do Ramal. Ramal is that you pick up your pace and you move as quick as you can again without harming anybody. And it's not moving to the extent where you are sprinting or anything of that nature. It's just being quicker. Okay. And so you do this for three complete tawaf. The first three complete tawaf. And in the other four you walk as normal. What was the wisdom behind doing this quick in the first three? The Prophet ﷺ and the companions when they were on their way to Mecca. The Quraysh, they were spreading rumors that the Muslims are weak, right? So the Prophet sallallahu wanted to show them that even though we are weak due, due to a fever that was apparently spread amongst the Muslims, we are still strong. So he ordered them in the first three that they walk as fast as they can. And here, in here is an indication that the Muslims, they must keep themselves fit, they must keep themselves strong to show that everybody else that the Muslims are not only strong in faith, but also strong in body and mind. We shouldn't be lazy, overweight, unable to stand up straight, unable to move. We shouldn't be of that nature. Um, One thing to mention with regards to the ramal, which we said is the moving fast in the first three Tawaf, in the first three Ashwat, the first three uh, circumambulation, is that this is something which is virtuous. It's a virtuous Sunnah, right? But what is the situation if it's too busy? Around the Kaaba, what do you do in that situation? To huh? Exactly, you go to the top because the people, the ulama, they said, as a rule, al al ibada the virtue which is connected to the worship itself, awla min al al bi-makaniha, is preceding the virtue of the place that you do the ibadah So here we have the ramal, which is an ibadah It has a virtue. Though normally we want to be close to the Kaaba, but because you cannot do it close to the Kaaba, in order to retain the virtue of the act of worship, you do it wherever you can. Okay, so you leave the virtue of being close to the Kaaba and you go wherever you can to do, to do the Ramal because that has an independent virtue. Tayyib. So the Imam he says. The Imam, he says, every time you come to the Rukn Al-Yamani, and the black stone, then you touch them if you are able to do so. Okay? And then you make the Takbir and you say, La ilaha illallah. Some of the scholars, they said to say, La ilaha illallah is not authentic. And also, Sheikh Abd Aziz Rajihi, he said that you only say, Allahu Akbar, if you are touching the black stone. Okay? Or the other stone. So you're only saying the Allahu Akbar, the Takbir when you are touching it. And you say between the hajr al Aswad between the black stone and the rukan al-yamani, as you are making the tuaf, You make this as you are going between the rukan al-yamani and the hajr. And as you are doing the rest of the tuaf, meaning not between the black stone and the rukan al-yamani, the rest of the tuaf, you can say any dua that you wish. In fact, some of the scholars like Ibn Taymiyyah, they said you can even recite Qur'an quietly if you wish to do so. But the point is that you should be making dhikr of Allah making dua that you understand and pondering upon the magnitude of the gift that you have been given, which is that you have the ability to make tawaf around the house of Allah subhanahu wa Taala. So, Sheikh Abd aziz Ar-Rajih, he says, في as a summary, tawaf bi umur. For your tawaf to be good and correct, you have to come with eight things. The first of them, he said, min al-hadithain, To have purification from the two types of hadith, which is purification that is required for wudu, purification uh, that you will need to make ghusl al right? Al-awra, and to cover your awra. And the third of them, min To start from the black stone. And, yasarihi, and to put the Kaaba on his left, this is the fourth of them. Or fifth of them, and to make seven rounds around the Kaaba, and you make ensure that you are, you know, at the Kaaba, you have what is known as the Hijr. If you look at the white marble in a semicircle shape, if you go inside of that, your tawaf is broken, your circumambulation of the Kaaba is, is void. okay? You have to ensure that you are going on the outside of that and you ensure that you are not touching too close to the Kaaba itself you are away from it and that your your um, seven of them are connected one to the other there's no break in between them except for Except if you are in a situation of salah. If the salah is established, you have to stop for the salah. You pray the salah and then you continue from where you left off. Or if you are in a situation where you are becoming sick. You finding yourself dizzy, weak, you can stop, take a break and then carry on. Though you'll find that really and truly you don't have the opportunity to take a break because it's so busy, the crowd is just pushing you along. The Imam, he says, after doing this tawaf khalf al-maqam. then you go to what is known as maqam Ibrahim because Allah says min- min Ibrahim you pray behind the maqam of Ibrahim two raka'ah. what do you recite in these two raka'ah? in the first of them you recite qul ya and the second of them you recite surah al-ikhlas which our imam recited in the salah qul Allahu ahad What's special about these two surahs at this point You've just made tawaf around the Kaaba, which is a stone, right? Basically, it's a stone house set up for the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then you come to the maqam of Ibrahim, who was the father of Tawheed, as it's known, right? The father of monotheism. And you write these two surahs, which are full of Tawheed. What is the virtue or what is the purpose, do you think, behind doing this? Is there a reason to show to the world and to show to everybody else that what we are doing is about establishing tawheed. It's nothing to do with worshiping this stone. It's nothing to do with any virtue of the Ka'aba itself. It's to do with establishing the virtue for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We are not like the idolaters. We are not like the mushrikeen that we worship statues and stone. We are completely separate and distinct to that. So that is one of the reasons why you may do it. So these two raqa, these two raka', you will do at Muqam Ibrahim. And if you cannot do it at Ibrahim, you go to any place further back and you do it there. Is there a set time for which you have to do it? Like we know that during the day, if there are certain times when you cannot pray nafal salah, right? Forbidden times, like for example after Asr. But with regards to these turaqah, there's no forbidden time here. Because the Prophet ﷺ said in the hadith in Tirmidhi Ya bali abdi manaf, la t'amnu ahadan ta'fa bi hadal bayt wa salla ayya sa'atin sha'a'a min leilin al nahar. Oh Quraysh, do not prevent anybody from making tawaf of this house or praying at any time that they wish to do so during the day or the night, okay? So these two you can do at any time even if it falls within the forbidden times. The Imam, he says, after you've done this, you've made the tawaf, you've prayed the two behind, where? Maqam Ibrahim. Then you go back to the black stone if you are able to do so and you touch it. If you are able to do so, but as we said in today's day and age due to the crowds, very unlikely. Then you go to Safa, Safa marwa the two hills from its door, door of Safa, right? And on the way that you are, as you are approaching Safa, right? You say أَبْدَأُوا بِمَا بَدَأَ بِهِ اللَّهِ I start I start With that which Allah started with, meaning that which Allah mentioned in the Quran. Okay? Allah said, So this is the verse that should be recited as you are approaching Safa, right? Then you climb Mount Safa or the hill of Safa and you face the Kaaba. Where you Kabirullah, you make Takbir. Where you Haliluhu, you say La ilaha illallah and you make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as mentioned in the hadith that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he would make the takbir and then he would say la ilaha illallah wahtahu la sharika la lahul mulku wa lahul hamdu wa huwa ala kulli shay'in qadir." la ilaha illallah wahtahu anjaza wa'dahu wa nasara abdahu wa hazam al ahzaba wahtahu okay the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would make this this dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and after it the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam will make dua right And then again he would repeat the dhikr. And after it, the Prophet will would make dua. And then again he would repeat the dhikr. So the dhikr is made three times and the dua is made two times, right? So in between two dhikrs, you make a dua. In between the two sets of dhikr, you make the dua. Okay? So dhikr, dua, dhikr, dua, dhikr. Okay? (laughs) فَيَمْشِي إِلَى الْعَلَمِ ثُمَّ يَسَعَى إِلَى الْعَلَمِ آخَرِ ثُمَّ يَمْشِي حَتَّى يَأْتِي الْمَرْوَىٰ so then you come down and you start to walk and you make your way to uh, Marwa. As you are going to Marwa, Then you do the same that you did on Safa in terms of the Dhikr and the Dua. ثُمَّ يَمْشِي فِي مَوْدِئِ وَيَسْعَى And as you are going from Safa to Marwa, there are parts which are indicated where you have to or you should. It's encouraged, recommended for you to speed up. okay? In your Sa'yi, you speed up. In fact, you run as fast as you can. Is this for both the men and the women? This is just for the men. Why not for the women? Because it's not... What's the word I'm looking for? Um, it's not from the shyness of the woman to do that. It takes away from her honor and her shyness to do that, right? طيب يَحْتَسِبُ بذهاب سَعْيَهُ سَعْيَهُ One from Safa to Marwa is one. From back is another. okay So you end up doing seven by ending up on which place? يَفْتَتِحُ marwa. You start with Safa and you end up in Marwa. That's how it should be seven, right? Going from Safa to Marwa, seven times you will end up starting from Safa and ending the seventh one on Marwa. If you find that you're not in Marwa, you're in Safa, you know that something has gone wrong in the calculation of how many times you should be going back and forth. Now the Shurut for the sa'i, the Sheikh Abd Aziz Rajahi, he says, the first of them, they should be niyyah, they should be intention. The second of them, the sa'i should be after a tawaf which is wajib or rukun, okay, for the umrah or the hajj. The third of them is to start at Safa and end at Marwa. And the seven, fourth of them is to do seven rounds To do it seven times And the Hanbali scholars, they add That they should be mualat That they should be connected Okay, there shouldn't be a break in between The only time you take a break As we said, is for the salah Or if you are finding yourself Getting into a danger zone Of being extremely tired Or something of that nature The Imam, he says min in kana If the person was doing umrah Okay, or he was mutamatta'an Then he takes from his hair What does he do does he shave it all or does he cut it he cuts it why why cut it and not shave it because the shaving is saved for later in the hajj right the shaving is saved for later in the Hajj. so the one who's doing umrah whether he's doing umrah alone or he's doing umrah as part of the hajj being mutamata then this person just trims his hair and after doing this then he has the one who is uh, doing the umrah or the one who's He he's now free from his, his ihram until the days of a hajj start. Okay? Illa al except for the muttamatta who brought with him his own sacrificial animal. If he brought it with him from outside of Mecca, then this person stays in the ihram until he sacrifices the animal. Likewise the Qarin. Well Mufrid, the one who is doing Mufrid, the one who's doing mufrit then of course this person stays in the ihram until he does the actions of hajj the man and the women are the same in the rulings here except that she doesn't rush in the parts of the tawaf nor does she rush in the parts of the sa'i where the people are supposed to do the rushing any questions here before we move on The brother is asking uh, the uncovering of the shoulder, the right shoulder. We said it's in the first tawaf, right? The first tawaf that you do. How many rounds is it for? How many rounds is it for? It's for the whole seven rounds. Yeah, it's for the whole seven rounds. Yeah, Zakallah. Then you put it back. The ramal, the ramal, the moving fast is for the three. Mm-hmm. the history behind that is because uh hajar radiallahu anha she was uh, the mother of ismail she was rushing from those from mountain to mountain so this is a, a reenactment or feeling bringing to the mind what she was going through that's why we rush at those points that, that i mentioned طيب, so the imam he says no only only what we mentioned right if you have This is something that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has tested us with. It's called ta'abbudi. Ta'abbudi means there's some things which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells you to do and you can't figure out why. You can't figure out what the wisdom is for. It's it's a form of you submitting to Allah, wa ta'ala, knowing that He knows best in everything. He's our creator, He commands, we obey. Last question. So in this case, in the case where you are accompanying a lady and you have mahram and you want to protect her, then the situations where you can't do the ramal, there's nothing upon you. It's sunnah. So you don't, what, you don't get any sin, you're just losing out on the reward, which of course is a big thing. But because you are excused, you have your woman that you have to protect, inshallah you get the same reward. Taib? Continuation. Babu al Hajj. The chapter where the Imam is talking now about the description of the hajj. So he says, وَإِذَا كَانَ with the يَوْمَ of يَوْمَ Tarwiyah, is the eighth day of Hajj. It's known as Tarwiyah because this is the day where the people they used to get water together, right, in preparation for them to go to Mina. They would store water and then they would take it to Arafah. So Yom Tarwiyah is the eighth, right? The ninth day is Yom Arafah. The tenth day is Yoman Al the day of sacrifice. The eleventh day is Yom Al Qar, right? The twelfth day is Yoman Al Nafar. The 13th day is Yawm Nafar nafar thani So each of these days has a name. Though the 11th and the 12th and the 13th, they are known as Ayyam al also. So each of these days, they have their own names. فَمَنْ حَلَالًا مِنْ مكة. The person who had removed his ihram is the one who was muttamatta' He finished his umrah, he removed his ihram. Now it's for him to put his ihram back on okay and to do the things which are recommended for the person before he wears the ihram on the eighth day and everybody else on that day they move together to where they move together to mina after fajr and they try to uh, around duha time salatul duha okay before salatul zuhr excuse me they move to mina where they pray dohar, asr maghrib and isha and fajr of the next day Okay, they pray Dhuhr, Asr, Maghrib, Isha, and Fajr of the next day. The prayers there are, sh- are, are joined together but not shortened. The prayers are joined but not shortened, okay? So on the eighth day, people leave after Fajr and they get there to Mina before Dhuhr. They pray Dhuhr and Asr and Maghrib and Isha, joining, not shortening, and they also pray the Fajr of the next day. After Fajr on the ninth, they make their way, making the takbir and the talbiyah on their way until they come to a place called namira. Namira is where they will stay if they can until after zawal. Then they go to a place which is known as urana. Urana is where the masjid is, the big masjid is. And they stay there and they listen to the khutbah if they are able to do so. If they are too far from the masjid, they try to listen to the khutbah on something like a radio of that nature. Qayyib? The people, after the time of Zawal they pray Dhuhr and Asr, combined and shortened, okay? And they join between them with one Adhan, one Adhan and two Iqamas. Uh, the Hanbali scholars and the Shafi'i scholars, they say this is due to suffer, meaning this is one, the only ones who do this are the ones who are, traveling more than the distance of 80 kilometers those who have come from outside of mecca right this is their opinion the other opinion of ibn Taymiyyah and the maliki scholars is that no it's for everybody everybody who is on hajj they do this joining and shortening because it's never been reported that the prophet sallallahu said in these situations to the people complete your prayer for verily we are travelers you know like if you are traveling and you are the imam and the ones behind you are not traveling after you've done your prayer, you turn around and you say to them, "Complete your prayer." For verily, we are travelling. The Prophet ﷺ never said that. It was never reported that he said that. So, based upon this, Ibn Taymiyyah and the Maliki scholars they say that this shortening of the prayers and out of our hair is for everybody. The shortening and the joining is for everybody who is doing the Hajj, not just for those like the Hanbali and Shafi'i scholars said who are coming from outside. Tayyim, it's part of the nusuk. ثُمَّ يَرُوحُوا إِلَى And then they go to the Wa وَعَرَفَاتٌ كُلَّهَا مَوْقِفٌ إِلَّا بَطْنِ And Arafat, all of it is a mowqif. All of it is a place of standing except for the valley of Urana. The valley of Urna is now where the masjid is found. It's where Masjid Nimra is. Where Masjid Nimra is, right? The big masjid. It's where Masjid Nimra is. Now, the imam is saying that the place of Urana, you shouldn't be counting that as part of the mowqif, as part of Arafat so this Masjid Nimra, it's now been extended, it's huge. So the old part of it is the part which is outside of Arafah, outside of the boundaries of Arafah. The large, the larger, newer part of it is inside of the boundaries of Arafah and is demarcated inside the Masjid. There are signs there. So this means that if you wanted to stay in the Masjid on the day of Arafah, it would be counted for you. Your Hajj would be correct as long as you are in the new part of the Masjid where it's marked that this is Arafah. If you are in the old part of the Masjid towards the front, your, your Hajj would be invalid if you stayed there the whole of the day, okay? Because you know that the most important pillar, the most important pillar of Hajj is to stand in Arafah, right? So you have to be careful where you stand, make sure that you are standing in Arafah itself. arafat illa طيب as we said. And then the imami says it's recommended highly that you stand in the place where the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam was standing in the jabal the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam was standing at the bottom of the mountain at the bottom of the mountain of jabal Rahmah. not like so many people do they climb the mountain they go as far as they can they pray on the mountain thinking that this is virtuous no where did the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam stand he stood at the bottom Close to the rocks. People go up, they write letters. People go up, they try to take stones away with them. People go up and they think that it's special to make dua. They know none of this is reported from the Prophet. And it's recommended for the person that when he's making dua and dhikr that he faces the qibla. And the person should be on a riding beast. The ulama they say, why here? Because It was important for the Prophet at times to do that so that the people could follow what he was doing, the people could see him. Thousands and thousands of people, there was no other way they could see what the Prophet was doing unless he was on a riding beast. So likewise, if there was a situation where somebody's a leader for a group of say a thousand people, they need to see him. So in that situation, maybe he could stand on top of a car or a coach. But otherwise, of course, it wouldn't fit our situation. وَيُكْثِرُهُ مِنْ قَوْلِ And he increases in the situation where he's standing at Arafah. He says, Why? Because the Prophet وسلم, said in the Mawatta of Imam Malik, Dua, Yomi Arafah. That the best of dua that anybody can make on the face of this earth is the dua that you make on the day of Arafah, especially for the Hujjaj, the ones, the pilgrims who are there. قبل, and the best that I have ever said and the prophets before me is this. And on that day, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in other reports is showing off to the angels. And He says to the angels, Look at my slaves, they came. With their hairs shev- dishevelled, full of dust from every corner of the globe, they have come to worship me. I, I um, hold you to bear witness that I have forgiven them. So arafa for those who are there, worshiping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is a virtuous time. The people should spend every single moment in the remembrance of Allah every single moment making dua as much as they can, and it shouldn't be making selfies. Right? Leave that alone. It shouldn't be calling people back home saying, now I'm doing X, Y, and Z. It shouldn't be talking as much as you can to your companions. This is maybe a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for many. Use it to the best of your ability. So the Imam, he says, you do this standing in Arafah. ila ar-rubī shams, Until sunset and after sunset. Right? Until the sun has set and slightly after sunset. The humbly scholars, the majority of the ulama, they, stayed, they say that the standing of Yawm al-Arafah is from the Zawal on the ninth until the sunset of the ninth, right? The Hanbali scholars, they say it's from the Fajr of the ninth until the Fajr of the next morning, right? And they also say, the Hanbali scholars, that if you leave before Maghrib, right, then you have to, you have to pay a dam, you have to sacrifice, unless you returned before Maghrib and you stayed there. Okay, but the Rukan, the fulfillment of the Hajj, the Rukan is made by standing any time between any time in those two times which i mentioned of the standing of arafat, arafat depending which opinion you take whether it's from fajr to fajr or it's from zawal to maghrib right so your rukan your pillar is fulfilled by any time of standing there but your wajib is not fulfilled unless you stay there until after maghrib okay so unless if you didn't stay there until after maghrib then you have to pay a fidya of uh, uh, sacrificing right you have to stay there until uh, Maghrib, and this is what most people will do anyway. The majority of people who come with the tours, which is most of us, it will be your case that you will be there until Maghrib in that situa- situation anyway. The Imam he says, Thumma imam ila After doing that, after Maghrib, at the time of Maghrib, you don't pay Maghrib there, you go with the Imam or your tour guide or whatever to Muzdalifa. Allah al Ma'azameen wa alayhi a sakinatah, a sakinatu wa walkar, wa yakunu So you return, you go into muzdalifa now, and you're making talbiya, and you're making dhikr of Allah, and you're trying to be in a situation of calmness and tranquility, thinking about what you are doing. طيب فَإِذَا وَصَلَ إِلَى muzdalifa, صَلَّ al maghrib wa isha. When you get to Muzdalifa, you pray, Maghrib and Isha, you shorten the isha. You Join the Maghrib and Isha. But if you're stuck in traffic and you are getting delayed, you pray Maghrib wherever you are. Okay, even if it be the case that you cannot get down from the coach, you can pray Maghrib on the coach. Okay, because you don't want to delay it way beyond its time. So, Maghrib al Isha, hatta Rihal. So, when you get to Mazdalifa, before you unpack your things, you pray Maghrib al Isha, as was the Sunnah of the Prophet joining between them and then you spend the night in Muzdalifa and you're supposed to rest as much as you can and when it's Fajr the next day you pray the Fajr rest as much as you can because the next day is the busiest day for the Hajj he has the most things that he needs to do in terms of the Nusuk, in terms of the rituals in the Hajj after you've prayed Fajr, you try to go to this place which is Ma'ashar al-Haram. It's a small, it's a mountain and there's a masjid there. But of course many of the ulama say that the whole of Muzdalifah is Ma'ashar al-Haram. So there's no need to go to this particular point because it's going to be way overcrowded and very difficult for you to get there. And it's recommended that Imam is saying for you to make this dua. Allahumma Kama wa Kafta na fihi wa raitana iyahu, fawa kifna, li dikrika, kama, hadaitana, waqfilana, wa hamna, kama, wa atana, wa kolu kal haq, laisa alaykum jinahun and tapta gumin fadlikum, laisa alaykum jinahun and tapta gumin fadlikum, ida afad tum, so this is the Imam he's saying, all of this is something which is recommended for you to say. And Allah subhanahu wa knows best if the du'a is authentic, otherwise you can make any du'a that you want to make. So all this that I've just mentioned now is between the fajr and the rising of the sun. This going to this mashar okay, and making this dua. Uh, is from the praying of the Fajr and to the rising of the sun. And that's when you leave Muzdalifa. The Imam he says when you reach this place called Muhassaran, you rush as much as you can. So this place is between, it's a valley between Muzdalifa and Minna. He's saying that you rush for the distance of around 100 meters, which is a stone's throw, as far as a stone could be thrown. There's different explanations as to why is this the place where you rush some of them they say this is where the ashabul feel were a punishment allah it's a place of punishment allah knows best but in any case the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam for this uh, for this distance of a couple of hundred meters the prophet sallallahu wasallam rushed as much as he could until you arrive to mina from Muzdalifa to mina until you arrive to mina when you get to mina you do what You stone the largest pillar, Jamrat al-Aqaba. Okay, this is like a tahiyya, a tahiyya al-Masjid or a tahiyya of when you come to Minna. You stoning the large pillar. So then you throw seven stones. What are the size of these stones, the size of your head? No? The size, exactly, some people get overexcited, right? Throwing the big stones, throwing the whatever they can find. They're supposed to be small stones that you can find in Muzdalifa. You found them on the way to Minah. You find them wherever, even if you brought them with you before Hajj, it's permissible for you to do so, right? Stones which are the, around the size of your fingertip. And the thing to remember is that as the Prophet ﷺ said in the hadith, in مَا جُعْلِ الرَّمْيُ jamar." That very the stoning of the pillars and the sa'i that you made between Safa al Marwa was established for the remembrance of Allah. So, there you're supposed to be in a state of remembering Allah, thinking about what you are doing, remembering the test that Ibrahim islam went through, right? That the shaitan came to him three times trying to uh, persuade him not to sacrifice his son. Uh, try to persuade him not to fulfill the commands of Allah So you are to remember why you are there for Not to get excited as many people do And to do crazy things and The Imam says kulli That every time you throw You say takbir, Allahu Akbar. And you are supposed to raise your hands As you are throwing Not to do anything of this nature Nor do you throw all seven stones in one go It won't be counted for you Okay? Throw each stone individually By making takbir and raising your hand as we have been told طيب The imam he says <غَمِّي> So you were making the talbiya As you were moving from Muzdalifah to Minna right? But once you've got to Minna And you start to stone What do you do? You stop the talbiya You stop saying لَبَيْكَ اللَّهُمَّ لَبَيْكَ And you say instead Allahu Akbar As you are throwing the stones وَيستبدنو and he's saying here that, Imam, that the place for you to be is to be down in the valley as you are throwing the stones. This is because there used to be mountains around and it was in a particular place that you should be. But in, now you can throw the stones from any situation. القبلة, and you face the qibla as you are throwing the stones. Sheikh Abd al-Aziz al he said this is not correct. Rather, what is correct that you have Mina on your right-hand side and Mecca on your left-hand side. This is what is which is more authenticated from the sunnah mecca on your left and mina on your right and you throw uh towards the pillars as in any case this is only recommended things so from wherever you throw it's all well and good which pillar are you stoning the biggest one one, right and the imam he's saying that you don't stand there after stoning and make dua this is something which you will do when you stone the small pillar and you stone the middle pillar rather you go away and if you want to make du'a, you can make du'a away from the large pillar that you are stoning. Thumma <inaudible> hadyahu. After stoning the pillar, the large pillar, you go and you sacrifice your animal. How will you sacrifice your animal? Like that, right? But will you do it? Your company will do it. Your Hajj tour, more than likely, it will be included in your package. But that's something that you have to check with them. Or you can have it arranged through some of the places that you find. Uh, around in mecca and mina there are places that you can pay them to do so Or now they have a system that you can do it online you pay for it online through Rajihi bank and other systems and it's done for you is this correct you, you've come across this and then you get a voucher and something of that nature the company the travel tour guide no one takes care of it but it's always good and important in fact it's a must to check <inaudible> then the person after the, having the sacrifice done he shaves his head or he cuts his head which one is better the, the imam is saying you can cut your head or you can sh- not cut your head cut your hair or you, <laughs> or you can shave your hair right hopefully the baba won't cut your head right which one is better for you to do the cutting or the shaving the shaving because the prophet ﷺ said in Bukhari Allah Allah have mercy upon those who shave their hair the companions they said, muqassirīn Ya Rasulullah, even those who cut their hair, O Prophet of Allah, the Prophet didn't respond. He said again, Allahham al-Muhalakheen, O Allah have mercy upon those who shave their hair. Then they said again to the Prophet of Allah, muqassirīn Ya Rasulullah, and then the Prophet said, muqassirīn." also those who cut their hair. So showing that the virtue is double for the one who shaves his hair, right? What do the women do? You don't wanna have a married woman with shaved head, right? So what is she supposed to do? Huh? She's supposed to trim her hair, right? From where? From the back, no, from every single part. From every single part, she trims the equal to uh, the tip of your finger, right? That much length is trimmed from every single part of her hair. Also another thing to remember that some people, they shave their hair with machines. Right? That doesn't suffice because you haven't removed all of your hair. You still have some tiny bits of hair left. So, what suffices you to get the reward of shaving is that it's shaved properly with a, with a blade or something of that nature, which removes the hair completely. After having done this, the Imam says, Thumma qad kulla shayin illa nisa. That this person now, everything is permissible for him except for the women because now he's done awl. the first removing of the restrictions of the haram is done. ثُمَّ فَيَطُوفُ And then he goes to Mecca and he makes the tawaf al ziyara which is also known as tawaf al ifadah ayywa, tawaf al ifadah okay? tawaf al is also known as tawaf al ifadah So he does this tawaf, وَهُوَ طَوَافُ الْوَاجِبَ الَّذِي بِهِ تَمَامُ الْحَجِ This tawaf is a rukun in the hajj, it's something which must be done. Some of the ulama, they say that if it's difficult for the person to do this tawaf, he can do it with tawaf al-wada'a tawaf al-wida which is the last tawaf you do before leaving uh, leaving the sanctity of the haram before leaving mecca and returning to your countries tawaf al-wida is wajib they say if it's too busy for you to do the tawaf al ziyarah the tawaf al-ifada which is the tawaf al-hajj you can do it at that time you can do it as your last tawaf on the days of tashreeq right i have the intention for both you can mix the intention that the tawaf al-ifada Tawaf al-Ziyara is with the Tawaf al-Wida'a, with, with the Tawaf of farewell, the last Tawaf, right? You can mix them together if you have a need to do so. So the Qarin and the. Um, sorry, I missed the sentence here. The Imam says. And then the person, if he was mutamattian, Hajj al-Tumatta'a, he still has the Sa'i to do. Because the first Sa'i he did was for Umrah. Now the Sa'i he's doing after the Tawaf of, of the Hajj, he has to do the Sa'i of the Hajj, right? Or, ممن لم yasa' ma Tawaf al-Qudum Or the one who was Qarin, or he has Hajj al-Ifrad, if he didn't do the Sa'i with the first Tawaf he did, which is Tawaf al-Qudum, then he has to do Sa'i now, okay? If he did Tawaf already, Tawaf al-Qudum, that Tawaf suffices him. And he only has to do sa'i now. Okay? If he didn't, then he does it now. Ibn Qudama al-Maqtasi rahim Allah ta'ala in Al-Mughni, his Encyclopedia of Fiqh, he says that there doesn't have to be a connection between the tawaf and the sa'i. If for whatever reason you, you need to delay it, you've done the tawaf and you're going to do your sa'i, you need to delay it for a few hours, there's no problem in doing so. Okay? The majority of the ulama, they say that you cannot do your tawaf after your sa'i. You cannot do tawaf after sa'i. You know the sa'i should be after tawaf, right? They cannot do tawaf, you cannot do your um, tawaf after sa'i in umrah, if it's umrah. But in hajj, some of them allow it. Some of the scholars, like Shaykh Uthaymin ta'ala, they allow it, right? That you could do your sa'i first and you could do your tawaf. And which situation might this be for you if you didn't want to do two tawafs? If you didn't want to do the tawaf of the which is Tawaf Ziyarah and the Tawaf Al-Wida'a if you just wanted to do one like we said you can then maybe in that situation you do the Sa'i first and you will leave your Tawaf a few days later and do it when you are leaving Mecca in any case what did the Imam say the Imam said after you've done the stoning after you've done the shaving of the head you go to do the Tawaf and then you do the Sa'i and then after having done that you are now free from all the restrictions of the Haram. Thumma qad halla min kulli shayin because he's done the Rami of the large pillar He shaved and he slaughtered and he's done tawaf and he's done his sa'i The hajj al right? And all the other gujaj They are now free It's recommended that he drinks from the water of zamzam After doing these rituals And he fills his belly as much as he can And what should he have as an intention when he's drinking? You have any intention that you want If you want to get married you can drink ma zamzam to help you to get married because ma'al zamzam is something which is blessed. The Prophet ﷺ said, lima That zamzam water is that which you drink it for. Yani whilst you're drinking, if you have an intention and you are sincere with Allah it will be a cause for your intention to be answered. Many of the ulema, they used to make dua when they were drinking this water, that oh Allah, I drink this water so I won't be thirsty on the Day of Judgment. Oh Allah, I drink this water so it increases me in knowledge and piety. So you drink it for whatever you want. But you fill yourself as much as you can with it. sallam we'll stop here and we'll continue with the rest of the things we need to speak about in the next session inshallah. Anything which was correct was from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Mistakes, shortcomings and confusions were from myself and shaitan. If you have any questions on the topics we took, then feel free. Wa jazakumullah khair.